Hey guys, welcome to episode number 15 of the Mimi B Magazine podcast. I'm your host, Mimi Bouchard, and you're listening to the Mimi B Magazine podcast, a lifestyle podcast all on health, relationships, sex, career, and self-development. This podcast is designed to entertain, inspire, and to motivate you to become the best version of yourself possible. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hey guys, today I have my friend Ella Ross here. Ella's a model and she's living in London. I met her through friends about a year ago and we follow each other on Instagram. So I was like, oh my God, you need to come on my podcast because I love everything about your like whole brand and I think you'd be perfect to interview. Welcome. Amazing. How are you? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking at each other like who should speak next. Oh my god. So I'm at Ella's flat right now and we're just chilling, having some tea and we were just chatting about what we should talk about today in the podcast and I asked you guys on Instagram to send me in some questions for Ella and I got a few. I actually got a ton about modeling. So um, I think like we should just straight off delve right into like your story. You're 22 years old, Mm -hmm. living in London. How did you become a model? Like Obviously, it's your full-time job. Like, how did you reach success with it? Like, what's your story? And, yeah, let's start there. Okay. Well, um, modeling is, like... I've been modeling for, like, six years now. It's been a long time. Actually, no, more like five years. But I I started when I was really young. I was still in school. Um, But I remember I got scouted. I was at, like, a fair in London with my mom and my auntie. And I got scouted um, by this really pretty young blonde woman called Sophie. And um, I'd kind of always thought about modeling, um, but I never really thought I could do it, like properly do it. And then she found me and she was like, have you ever thought about modeling? I was like, "Mm, yeah, I have. (laughs) My mom was like, go for it. Like, it'd be a great experience for you. And then um, I met up with her, and she was with an agency. She set me up. Oh, my God, I can't. I'm so bad at this. No, you're great at this. This is, like... so bad at this. Oh, my God, babe. This is, like, totally chilled. But, like, the story, basically... So you got scouted. I got scouted. And then you right right away kind of started doing jobs? Um, Not really. Um, I, I got scouted... Didn't really work with that agency, so I, I switched to a bigger agency because um, my dad knew the um, the owner of the agency and she was like, oh my God, like this will work perfectly. So I started with that agency. I was about 16 or 17, super young. I think too young to yeah. be in that industry. Was it hard at first? Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of just like a big whoa. Did I, I, I kind of got thrown in the deep end? Like I was really immediately. I was thrown like right. You're working five days a week, you and know. you were in school, or you left school at this, this point. This is like during half term and stuff. Okay, so it was quite a lot to deal with at that age, um, but it was great. Like I was earning money. Like I was, you know, I didn't have to rely on my parents anymore for yeah for money, and that was great. I'm just gonna really quickly close the door because yeah. the airplanes are really loud. So maybe start from that point again. Yeah. What was I saying? The money was great. Yeah, the money money was good. Um, I didn't have to rely on my parents for money anymore, so that was great. Um, 
but I, you know, being young, you're like, oh my God, I've got money, like I can spend it. So I spent so much and just, yeah, just not good. <laughs> I feel the same when I first started making like a little bit more money than I was used to. I just wasn't comfortable with it in my yeah. bank account for some reason. So I just spent it yeah. all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was quite, it was quite a, you know, cause it's your own money that you've earned. Uh-huh. I felt good about it. So I was just like, you know what? It's my money. I'm what did you spend it on? Like designer bags? Oh, no. What was it? Just like food. <laughs> <laughs> How did you spend it all on food if you're like a model? Like, okay. Okay. So right. tell me, like, do you just have this metabolism that's just out of control? Well, my Amazing. mom, my mom's exactly the same. She's exactly the same. My grandpa was exactly the same. Well, my great grandma was a model, apparently. Um, no she was exactly the same. So, yeah. So it must like, run in my family. But. So, what do you like? I guess this is like a question later on. I want to hear about your story, but later on we'll get into like, what do you eat? Like, what's like the yeah. model thing to, like, or the model way to do things and stuff? Um, okay, but wait, back to the story. You're modeling at 17, making your own money killing it but were you happy like what kind of like I was I was happy um it wasn't until I sort of you know got to about 19 or 20 that I started to realize that the industry I was in was quite harmful um how did you notice that like what were some signs I think it was when you know when you get to that age and you start to put on a little bit more weight than you're used to hormones yeah hormones kick in and I didn't really know how to deal with it. So I put on a little bit of extra weight. And I will admit, it was a little bit extra. Like how much? Um, I don't know. Like like five kilos? I've, I don't know what, like, the weight terms. No, you don't know weight terms. But like, you're just a little bit chunkier. Just a little bit, yeah. But, like, I was still healthy. Like, I wasn't, like, overweight or anything. I'm never... I will never be overweight. But, like... Um, I wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't used to it. And I think the agency kind of noticed it and they were like, right, Ella, you need to sort of, they, how do they say it to you? You know what? They, they tried to put it in nice terms and they would, they tried to be nice about it, but ultimately they were telling me you need to lose weight. How do they, how do they say it? Um, just like via email just said like, I think you should like, you know, go to the gym more and maybe just tone up a bit um, and just like drink gin and tonics because that's the skinny drink. And I, and it's in my not. head, I was just like, <laughs> I'm like 19. Like you, I just didn't, I didn't feel comfortable with it. Yeah. And you know what? That message was definitely not like, you know, expecting you to go start drinking gin and tonics. That was like a subtle hint, like go lose weight and do what yeah, you can. Exactly. Um, so what did you do after that? And How I get did you react to that? After that, I kind of... After that, I became a lot more self-conscious. Like, I, without even them saying directly, you need to lose weight. In my head, that's how it translated. And from then, I was kind of, I've always been sort of a bit like, okay, I need to watch what I eat. But, like, I don't watch what I eat, even to this day. <laughs> I eat whatever I want, like... But then how did you end up losing the weight? Because like right now you're tiny. I don't think you have any weight to lose at all. Like you don't have it on you to lose. Like I feel really good now. But um, at the time, yeah. No, it was... I went traveling basically for about uh, two months, three months. So you ended up losing a bit more weight. And then they were like, okay, we're happy with you now. Like 
was it really that simple? Like it messed with your mentality. No, I, no, like, I didn't really lose. I didn't really lose the weight. Oh, um, you didn't? No, I didn't really lose the weight. I was working a lot um, every day, pretty much like a workhorse. <laughs> I felt I was exhausted. Like I was, you know, getting ill all the time, mentally drained. But I was working like often six days a week, like full days at ASOS. Oh yeah. Which I loved. Like I had my own little family there. But um, I was working a lot, like more than I should have done. You know, I was not well. Um, what do you mean I, not well? I started to lose quite a bit of weight. Was um, it just because you were overworked or you just started? Overworked. Like- I, was men- I was so mentally drained. Like, yeah. I just had enough. But, that, um, but before that, I, when I first started working at ASOS... Actually, no, wait, no, it was towards the end, actually. It was towards the end, this because this is why I sort of left. Um, I put some weight back on, and I got a lovely email from my agent. I remember it clear as day, just like it was yesterday, and it really messed with me. Really? They sent me an email with this picture attached of me in this... And I remember this dress, right? This dress was like a size four. I'm a size, like, eight, okay? Um, they put me in this dress that was clearly too small for me and I was like sort of slightly poking out the side a little bit. A size four is like an extra, extra small. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this isn't fair. And they were just basically like, oh, but just look at this picture. This is, this is why you need to lose weight because look at that little thing poking out the side. I was just like, you cry instantly. I would have bawled my eyes out. No, I was more just angry and like, you can't treat people like this. Like. And from Good, that you were point, coming in from like a mature point of view then because like for a young impressionable girl yeah. being sent a, an email like that like I would have yeah. literally not eaten for a week if I was in that fragile mentality no I, I wasn't very um, I was quite sort of headstrong I have to say and that's kind of when I put my foot down and I was like right I'm not doing this anymore so, so did you change agencies I after? changed agencies good for you um, yeah it wasn't good. I didn't feel good about myself, but I had to be headstrong because I knew I I knew that you had to have thick skin in this industry, but I really didn't expect it to like happen like that for me. I don't know. It was just it was it's harmful. Like, and if anyone else got sent that picture of themselves, like they probably wouldn't have eaten for a week. But. That's like exactly what I just said. Like, if you're a young girl and you have you don't have a really strong head on your shoulders. Like, mm. and most girls don't at that age. Yeah. I remember being younger, you know, maybe 15, and a small comment could fuck mm-hmm. me up. Like, I completely have dabbled in eating disorders when I was younger. Like, yeah. for sure. And I think a lot of women do because of such social yeah. pressure. But it's amazing how you were like, okay, bye. Yeah. Like, you um, don't deserve me. I'm worthy. Uh, Yeah, basically, and after that, I kind of, you know, I started calling in sick all the time because I was just like, I'm not feeling good today, and they didn't really understand it. They just thought I was, you know, being lazy and just hungover because, like, yeah, I was going out a little bit more, but, like, I think it was also, like, just me feeling really terrible about myself after they sent me that picture. Like, if they they see me like that, I'm not going to want to walk around that, you know, environment. If they think that I'm too big. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah. You don't want to be there because it makes you feel shitty. Yeah. 
It was awful. So when did you decide to change agencies after that happened? And how did you, you know, <clears throat> leave them? Well, I left them. Um, and then I kind of, I didn't actually want to go back to modeling. I kind of wanted to stop and do something else. I didn't care what, what it was. But I stopped for like a good six months, maybe even a year. Um, and then my whole family were like, no, <laughs> like, Ella, you have to do this. Like, And that also quite annoyed me because I was like, am I not good enough for like anything else? Like, or is it just everyone just wants me to be a model because of the way I look? You know what I mean? Like my self-esteem was quite low. I was like, oh, can I not do anything else in my life? Like, you know? Yeah. It was quite hard. So you ended up getting back into it because of I your ended family. up getting back into it. But like this time also my friend, Natasha, love you. Um, she was like, just come to my agency because she was, she's a booker with Select. Um, so she was like, oh no, we'll just look after you. Like, like I know what you've been through. I know, like, because I told her everything. And then, um, so she took me on with Select and I love it there. They treat me so well. I'm like a human, like an actual human being. They never tell you to lose weight. Never tell me to lose weight. They're always just like, yeah, whatever you want to do, you do. Like, you know, I, I, I remember once I cut my hair quite short and I got shouted at so badly by my old agency, but I was just like, it's my hair. Like... I know that, like, you know, my look is my brand, but, like, I'm still a person. I can do whatever I want. Like, You don't I control s- me. No. Yeah. You can't... You don't control me. You don't own me. So... And there's yeah. hair extensions. If a brand really wants you to have longer hair, yeah. hair extensions exist, and it's yeah. not that hard to put them in. Yeah. Clip it in. Yeah. So that's just crazy. Mm. So it's like they have this control thing, and mm. I feel like, from what I've seen in the modeling industry, they just feel like you know, these models should be kissing the ground they walk on, these mm. these big agencies. Like, oh, you're so lucky to be in my agency, do everything I say. And yeah. you just hear of so many stories of young girls getting, you know, going through depression, getting really mentally fucked up because yeah. of these big-time agencies that tell them they're not good enough. Mm. And if that's ingrained in your brain from such a young age, it's not healthy. No, no. You're so lucky that you were in such a strong place when they said that to you and you didn't go through any, like intense eating disorders that I know of but like you did mention to me before that like you went through some type of depression a little yeah. bit was that way after that or was like, after that was kind of that was sort of more linked to um just my personal? lifestyle in, okay. in London after I left school what was your lifestyle like <gasps> so when I left school I was like oh woo I'm back in London like let me just potty and I was just going out a lot like I'd say four days a week just full-on caning it in London damn yeah it was yeah it was pretty crazy and I just remember I started to associate myself with a lot of people that did not reflect the person I wanted to become and it didn't land me in a good headspace um yeah it was just so how long did you feel this way for how did you get out of it and when did you start seeing the signs? Like, I need to change this. Kind of when I was in a relationship for a long time and that person um, wasn't so well. 
Um, and so I kind of felt like I had to be there for them for a long time. So I didn't really put myself first. So I'd often be with them for a lot of the time. And when I came back to London, I'd be like, right, just party, party, party. Didn't take care of myself at all. And so I kind of just like realized one day, I was like, I can't live like this. Like I have to put myself first and like, and by doing that, by just saying that to myself, I was like, right, number, number one thing to do is to cut all the people out of my life that, that just don't bring out the best in me. And I found that that was a lot, that was like a lot of the people that I was hanging out with. And like, I've always known who like my, you know, you have your like day one friends. I have my day one friends. I've realized I don't need anyone else. Like you really don't need anyone else. If, if you had like, if you had like one day left to live on this planet, you wouldn't choose all the people you go partying with, surely. Like you choose like your friends that, you know, support you and like genuinely make you happy and like make you laugh and like make you feel good about yourself. So I was like, I just need, I just need those people in my life. So Mm -hmm. they just, yeah, I just had to get rid of quite a few. But how incredible is that? And I always say on this podcast and like on my website and everything, you're an average of the five people that you surround yourself with most. Totally. It is such a fact. And how incredible is that, that you realized Mm -hmm. and you just totally started. And did you have a breaking point though? Like when you were kind of in this weird depression and you're partying a lot, like what was the breaking point? Because I remember for me when I was in university, first semester partied a lot, Mm -hmm. same thing you know, was going out every night doing drugs, like not being the good version of myself. And it just brought out this side of me that I really didn't like. Well, precisely. Yeah. Yeah. And then I came home for Christmas break and I came back to uni and I was like, that was my breaking point because I had this like quarter life crisis epiphany thing. And I was like, what am I doing? I feel for me, it was like my health. I felt so unhealthy. I felt bloated and puffy and just like my brain wouldn't work. Mm -hmm. So that's my breaking point. What was yours? It was kind of like that. It was one day, it was after a really heavy night and I don't think I'd really gone to bed. Um, I was just lying in bed one morning and I could just hear the birds chirping and you know when you haven't slept and you're just like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. this is not good. I fucked up. (laughs) yeah and I heard the birds chirping and the sun was coming up and I was like oh no not good um I was like I just can't do this anymore this really is not worth it like the good time and like you know the high that you get and like all of that stuff is just not worth how you feel the next day because I have anxiety already like I've always had anxiety my whole life but like that lifestyle really did not help at all no I was just I was a wreck I was a shell of myself and it's not your fault because it chemically fucks with your brain yeah like it's it's not your fault because you you know weren't good enough at partying it's not my fault that I wasn't good enough at partying it's literally this like third party thing that fucks with you Mm. so yeah that's amazing that you just had that epiphany and got out of it because yeah you know, where would you be now if you never did that? I have no idea. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Good for you. That's really incredible. And so after you stopped partying, like, 
did your like negative you know thoughts and depression kind of subside a bit or like did you really have to work on that still I still have to work on that but um honestly I have never felt better now like I feel so much healthier and I wake up every day and I'm like thank god I'm not hungover yeah um like I still go out I still drink I still love to like have a good time but like I just don't it's not worth the it's not a lifestyle it's not a lifestyle it's you know what I'll do it like once in a while just have a bit of fun just go out you know get absolutely hammered (laughs) but (laughs) it's rare and like I just feel so much better yeah and I love it when you're with like the right people that bring out the fun side of you and you're just having a genuinely good time um but then you still wake up the next day and you're like hey yeah you're right yeah Totally, and I've noticed as well that the friends that are really worthy yeah. of having, they're not the ones that are, you know, you go out with every night and do drugs exactly. with and party with. It's not the same group. Yeah. They don't have your best intention no. at heart. The ones that you only see at night are just not. <laughs> if you don't see them during the day, they're not good news. <laughs> <laughs> they're not real friends, are they? No. That is so amazing wow I love that story and you're 22 now and it's amazing that you went through that so young I always tell people I love how I went through it young and I kind of went through this crazy party phase young because now I'm like yeah I'm so glad yeah concentrating on my career my business my health my loving friends my awesome boyfriend like the real shit that like really makes you feel good and it's not momentary happiness Mm -hmm. and yeah like what would you tell because we have a lot of young girls listening. What would you tell somebody, um, like a young girl, that is going out a lot, but she doesn't really have many other friends that don't do it because it's kind of like the thing right now. And, you know, she feels like her health is really lacking. She feels like she does have some depression sometimes Mm -hmm. because of all this partying. Like, what would you tell her to do? Just take care of yourself. Just, you know what? Listen to your body as well because... If your body's telling you not to do something or like telling you to slow down, listen to your body because I promise you, it's not worth it. It's not worth the hangover. It's not worth the negativity. It's not worth the anxiety. Just listen to your body. If your body's telling you to slow down, just go with that. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. if you're, and also, like, if you get a bad, like, you know, you meet these people when you go out and you're like, just in the moment when you've had a few drinks they're like oh I love you like you're, yeah. s- you're like you're, oh my god you're my new best friend <laughs> like no <laughs> you're not <laughs> you're never gonna see them again unless never you're partying no exactly so just take care of yourself and like and also like don't be scared to be alone mm-hmm. like I think a really big thing for my personal growth was like the time I spent alone and um when I distanced myself from the people that I knew were really negative when I started doing that friend cleanse thing I realized you know I couldn't really fill in that the gap of friends that I was leaving but that's okay but that's okay because I'd rather spend time alone than spend time with these other people my favorite thing in the world is to come home at the end of a long day and just be by myself and in a quiet room you know light some candles yeah and just be just be and you don't need to like answer to anybody you can just chill mm. like, like you know make some tea watch a movie it's so important for your read mind read a book 
oh my God, mental health. If you never spend time alone, you're never really going to fully explore yourself. Thank God I met Ben, my boyfriend, when I did. Because I went through so much freaking personal growth before meeting him that I don't think we would have been together if we met earlier. Yeah. Because of where I was and what I needed to go through. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Mm. What about you? What's your dating life at the moment? Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, Not really much. Not really much going on. Um, No, I recently... Yeah, recently broke up with my boyfriend. Mm. Um, But that's okay. I'm feeling good about it and feeling positive because there's always you know, a space for new beginnings and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm good with change. So I'm feeling good about it. And it gives me a chance to focus on my work and my career, um, which I wanted to do for a long time. And I feel like I've been, an, I've kind of, I'm always, I've always been a relationship kind of, kind of girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, what I've realized recently is I haven't been single for more than like eight months in five years. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. I know. I, yeah. And so I need some me time, you know? Yeah. It's crazy. And, you know, I always saw myself as someone that would be a relationship type person, but like, I just didn't find someone that clicked with me until I met Ben or like something that worked out until Ben. So like, did you ever feel like you needed to be alone at all when I was those in five years yeah when you were in those relationships like do you ever feel like you were just settling for these boys because you you know marked yourself as a relationship person like do you think that your standard went lower because you always wanted to be in a relationship mm, no I'm no not at all like I feel like I'm very sure like who I want to be with is who I want to be with and I'm I'm pretty sure of that like um I'm not the kind of girl just to settle because if I, if I was, I'd probably still be in that relationship. And, Mm. you know, when you can't help it, when the spark goes, the spark goes. And it is like hard as it is to like, you know, talk about it out loud. I kind of just have to, I I had to just, I had to end it because it was just not working. Yeah. But I'm feeling really good. I'm feeling really good about it. Good. But like, yeah, there's not much, not much going on. Not much going on at the moment. Not really. Not really. Kinda. Kinda. (laughs) (laughs) Let's leave it at that. A kinda. Yeah. Yeah. Kinda thing. Mm -hmm. Look at that smirk. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Moving on. Um, we got so many questions about like what you eat and your diet plan and your workout plan. And since you just said that you can eat anything and look the way you do, I'm just like, I don't even want to talk about this because I'm just mad. I love food too, but like I'm the kind of person where if I don't eat super duper clean, like my natural weight is like higher. (laughs) No, I mean like my family metabolism is great. (laughs) so grateful <laughs> can I be a Ross please like <laughs> I'm so grateful for that but um no I, you know what it's more it's not so much about the weight thing like I hate like just focusing on the weight like for me it's more just like feeling good and like when mm. I eat good I feel good and like I just like to know what I'm putting in my body and you know what 
I'll have a burger. If I want a burger, I'll have a burger. If I want a bacon sandwich, I'll have a bloody bacon sandwich. You know what I mean? Like you're never gonna restrict yourself. I'll never really. restrict myself ever, ever, ever. But like, yeah, like I like to eat healthy and I like to, you know, put good things into my body and that make me feel good. Right, that sounded really weird. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, I do too. <laughs> Especially if they vibrate, and I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) That sounded so bad. Anyway. So you like putting good, organic, whole food into your body, but then if you're craving something naughty, you'll go for it. Yeah. You don't have any, like, cheat days if you're like, oh. I think cheat days are such a bad concept because it's like you're literally... Like, okay, all day I'm going to eat whatever I want because I hate my life the other Mm -hmm. six days of the week. Like, I've never been a cheat day kind of girl. No. I've more been like, oh, if I'm craving, like, brownies, okay, I'll make, like, sugar-free healthy brownies and, like, eat that and, like, alternatives. Also, like, if you're craving, yeah, like you said, like, you can make, you can make healthy alternatives. You can find healthy alternatives to anything, anywhere. You know, London is a great city for that. We've got Whole Foods. We've got all these different places. Mm. Um... But, like, yeah, if you want something, go out and get it, like... With anything in life. Anything in life, <laughs> not just food. I mean, I mean, I already know what I'm going to do after I make this podcast is make a bacon sandwich. You're actually going to make a bacon... <laughs> so, tell me, like, on your typical healthy day, what is breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Breakfast will usually be, like, a bowl of porridge with, like, honey or, like, um, fruit or whatever. Um, and lunch will usually just be like chicken like anything really i mean if i'm out i'll go for like a lot of protein greens veggies so you stay away from carbs not always not always but like you when you're being healthy you're like when i feel yeah when i you know what like i have good days and bad days (laughs) on a good day i'll have like you know protein veggies everything that's you know good but um yeah, no, I love a big bowl of pasta. I know. I know. It's, like, it's my comfort food. Pasta is like a universal comfort mm. food. There's just something about it. It's warm and like, mm. I'm literally salivating right now. Oh, I've been doing a bone broth cleanse all day and it's like <laughs> five o'clock and I'm literally starving, <laughs> but I need to give my gut a break. If you guys listened to the episode before this that I... Um, that I recorded with my friend Kayla. I actually recorded it last night and it was like the pre what I'm going to do tomorrow for my gut health. And I talked about doing a little cleanse. So as a little update, I did not drink coffee this morning because I'm okay. Drink, just to tell, you drink a lot of coffee. I drink one coffee a day and it's bulletproof coffee. So it's like coconut oil and MCT oil blended. Okay. With, so it's like good. It's not yeah, like really good quality coffee, mycotoxin free, amazing, but I've, come to the conclusion that I'm like really reliant on it now. Yeah. So I'm just like, let's see if I can go without it for a week because I feel like also with my gut issues after taking those meds, um, I feel like my body is just really acidic. Like mm-hmm. I really want to alkaline it or I alkalize it. So um, this morning I had a little bit of matcha tea and I just like, mm. no. Like I, I my migraine and nausea, like I just, oh, it was no. really bad withdrawal. No, the thing is, though, I can't drink coffee. I've never really been a fan of coffee. But coffee is, like, the worst thing for me because anxiety and stuff. Exactly. I can't even have a sip without my heart going crazy. So Totally. I, I don't... I do agree that it's, like, for some people, it's it's good. Like, you can handle it. And especially, mm. like, if it's, you know, 
the bulletproof one I really mm-hmm. love and I like the whole theory behind it but I think I agree with you I'm really sensitive my yeah. gut is sensitive I don't know why I put such harsh acidic caffeine into my body mm. but who knows in a few months maybe I'll get back on it <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I can't drink coffee all right so let's move on have you ever felt taken advantage of from any photographers or anyone in the industry yeah um thing is this is a difficult one because I don't even know if it was like anything super dodgy I don't know like but I just I just know that I felt uncomfortable in the situation but it was my first ever test shoot um how old were you I was about 16 17 maybe Mm -hmm. just just turned 17 um it was my first ever test shoot and I remember I was sent to this like empty office block in East London and um I just remember turning up there and immediately you know when you just you don't feel good about something straight away um it was just me and this guy the photographer um in this empty office block it wasn't even like a proper studio or anything it was just a room of rows of computers and just this set set up in the middle of this room weird weird and who set this up your agency my agency set this up um and there was this like glass room that he said right you can change in there gave me an outfit to put on um i was 17 like it's I don't think it's right to sort of like over sexualize a seventeen year old, right? Absolutely not. It's yeah. Maybe put on this leotard, um and I was like, okay, cool, whatever. That was fine. But it was when I got on set that I felt quite uncomfortable because he was getting quite sort of right, do this, do this and do this and like made me sort of do some things like open my legs <gasps> and stuff like that. And those pictures that he took of those sort of poses were never sent to my agency. And I remember (gasps) I never, yeah, like he took all those, you know, he took, he asked me to do all these things. And they weren't even sent to your agency. And I'm sure your agency wouldn't have asked him, oh, get this 16 year old girl to spread her legs in a fucking leotard. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. So those pictures were never sent to my agency. Did you tell your agency? I kind of told them like, I felt a little bit uncomfortable, but like, I don't think anyone really took it seriously. I don't think I, I don't think I even knew my, in myself, like, you know, when you're just not sure about a situation. You were new to the industry. I was new to the industry. I didn't know anything. I didn't know if that was what was supposed to happen. I, I hadn't been told anything. Um, so yeah, I just didn't feel good about that. But he didn't, like, touch you or anything? No, no, no. None of that. It wasn't, How like, old was he? Like, how old was um, he? I don't know, like, 40s? He was in his 40s. Yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. That's sick. My first ever test shoot. <laughs> you know, in this whole world, like, there are so many things that happen that we just kind of brush under the rug. Yeah. And we just kind of think, oh, it's fine. Like, I'd rather not deal with it. Mm. Because it's just easier to not make a scene. Mm. Um, Like, there was this one time... So, I started my website as a blog. And I wanted to take a fashion blogger when Mm -hmm. I was, like, 17. And I went to New York. I was there um, for Fashion Week a few years ago. Like, four years... Or 17, so Mm -hmm. uh, five years ago. 
And wow, Jesus, I'm old. <laughs> anyway, so I was there, I remember, and I, I found this like street style photographer guy on Instagram and I was like, oh, can we shoot together? I just started a blog. So I paid him like a hundred bucks or something and he did like a bunch of cool photos for me. My artistic direction, because it's my blog, I decided everything I was wearing, he was just there to take photos of me, okay? So I get there yeah. and instantly felt uncomfortable. Um, oh, you know, I hate that feeling. Instantly, I literally just got goosebumps. Just. Instantly, he <clears throat> he was probably in his late thirties. Um, but what I didn't get is that, like, you know, I didn't expect this of him because he had shot a lot of bloggers that I really looked up to, mm-hmm. like the big time, the biggest bloggers on Instagram. Like they would. So you'd expect him to be quite sort of professional and. Yeah, yeah, I would. I would have. And uh, so yeah, I, I just we started taking photos. It was nice, kind of like whatever. And then like, I was wearing this really tight dress. Okay. And it was tight, but it was like high neck and like to my knees, like not slutty, but it was like a tight, cute dress. Mm. And I was wearing a padded bra underneath because I didn't want to go braless because it was like, like a very thin material. Yeah. And I remember we were like on a side street, no one else was there. And he was like taking these photos of like me, like street style. And he was like, you know what? It would look so much better without the bra on. Okay. And I was 17 and I was kind of like, really, you think? And I kind of was like, um, he was like, trust me, it looks so bad with the bra. Like you can kind of like, you know, work with it, but just take the bra off. So like when some, like I went to like a little private area and like I took it off and put it in my bag. Yeah. And like I did what I, what he said. Cause like, I thought, you know, he was the artist you know, guy. You take advice. I was taken advantage of as well. It was my decision to take the bra off, but I felt like pressured. Mm-hmm. He was like, the photos will not be good without it yeah. or with it. So I did that. And then like, I don't know. Like I kind of started covering my, like I, you know, like if my nipples were hard, you could see them. So I kind of like <laughs> covered with my hand a little bit with some of the photos and he was like, move your hand away. Mm-hmm. And I was at the point there where that's when it was kind of crossing mind telling me how to pose and yeah. telling me to show my nipples. So I was kind of like, no. Sorry. And then I kind That's of just good. like ended the shoe. You put your foot down and like, yeah, you, you were quite sort of. Totally. Yeah. So then things got a bit weirder. I was like, eh, it's fine. And then I was like, I think we have enough of this outfit. Let's do the next. So I kind of just like made it like fluffy and just chilled. So then I changed whatever. And then we're taking more photos. And then he started kind of like, I don't know, being a bit creepier. This is ages ago. So I don't remember it perfectly, but like getting creepier and creepier and kind of like saying things like, oh, I'm going to be in Paris um, for Paris Fashion Week soon. Like, maybe I'll get you some uh, Parisian lingerie and I can shoot you in it. Like, you know, like maybe I can see you in lingerie. And I was kind of like, it was so awkward because I was like, yeah, sure. Like, ha ha, bye. Like in my head, I'm like, I'm never going to talk to you again. I just like don't want to make this awkward because you're so awkward right now. Oh my God. Obviously I wouldn't do that, but I was like, haha sure bye and then like when I left I was just like I'm never speaking to you ever again I got my SD card and I got like all the photos and yeah thank god he didn't have them and I was just like okay goodbye um yeah and you know what can I be honest with you guys this was five years ago I still remember his like name obviously his like Instagram handle and I was on my Instagram today and I was looking at some pictures from New York Fashion Week and some of my favorite big bloggers no. had tagged him in their, their photos being like, oh, shot by XX or whatever. I'm not going to say his name because I don't know. I feel kind of, should I say his name? No. Fuck it, just say his name. I'll say his first name. Jose. 
Yeah. And he has like a mm-hmm. good amount of Instagram followers. But this is the thing, I think, if you feel uncomfortable about something, you have to put your foot down. Like, even if you're not sure that it's anything to worry about, just if you feel uncomfortable, don't, just don't. Get yourself out of that situation. Get yourself out of that situation. It's violating. It's really just not pleasant at all. Yeah. And it doesn't just happen in the modeling industry. Yeah, fuck it. Jose Martinez, bye. Yeah. Fuck you too. Like, I was literally 16, 17. Honestly, and it's gross. It's so gross. And it doesn't just happen in the modeling industry. It happens to, like, random normal people that have normal other jobs. Like, anything from Mm. a fucking construction worker yelling at you, looking up your skirt when you're walking by. Like, that that is violation. That is my worst thing. That is my worst thing. Makes me so angry. It's like, what do you think I'm going to do? Like, turn around and be like, hey, do you want my number? Like, yeah, fuck off. Like, no. I know. And, like, if a pickup truck driver is, like, honking at you, it's like, oh, what, can I come in? Can we fuck? It's yeah. like, no, it doesn't ever... Who has conditioned you to think that if you honk at me, we're going to go have Do you, sex? Does anyone ever see girls, like, doing that to guys? Like, no. Imagine if we did that to guys. Because we know how it feels. We know women, like, as women, we know how it feels to be more of a minority, mm. to feel more violated, and we don't really like to treat men in that way yeah. because we don't... We understand how it feels mm. to be on the other side. Mm. It is my worst thing. Like, I... You know when you see, like, construction workers on the road and you're walking down the road? I cross the road deliberately to avoid it because it just makes me feel sick. It yeah. really does. It does. And it really sucks to say it. It's such a freaking stereotype. I'm sure there are some I know, construction workers out there like, that are nice. Nine times out of ten... It is construction workers in a van or, like, on a site that, you know, whistle or, you know... Make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But, and like, it is such a stereotype, and I hate to say, oh, you know, all construction workers, but it's true. Like, yeah. every time I pass by, just like you, I cross the road. Mm. It's like, why do you want that reputation for yourself? It's really low end. Yeah. So, if there are any construction workers listening, stop it. <laughs> yeah, tell your friends to stop, and it really just makes us feel violated and uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's just... It's not pleasant. It's not pleasant. I feel like I need to walk around with, like, pepper spray in my bag. <laughs> I don't even think it's legal here, but I'm going to buy it next time I go to Canada, and I'll bring some back for us. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. It's so unpleasant, but... You know what? Being a woman is beautiful in its own way, I think. We're very, you know, sensual and uh, womanly and I don't know what I'm trying to get to with this. But I think I'd rather be a woman than a man. Oh, for for sure. sure. Like, I think we just rock. Like, we're great. Men are just, like, boring. Oh, my God. Did you know that men only get an average of, like, 40,000 thoughts per day? Whereas women... 40,000? 40,000 thoughts per day. Okay, whereas women, we get 60,000 to (laughs) 80,000. So we basically, our brains work like twice as hard (laughs) as men. But like, what are the guys' thoughts of? Like, that's what I want to know. Boobies. Boobs. Ass. Porn. (laughs) Oh. Like, hungry. Like, no. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah guys is. brains are just i swear like guys guys brains are just they're just trained just to i don't know if this is like i don't even know what i'm trying to say 
But, like, guys' brains are trained to, like, think, like, ass, boobs. Yeah, but this is the thing. It's, like, if you want to go back to, you know, how nature is, men are the ones that need to really push reproduction. Mm -hmm. Like, they are the... Like, that's kind of in their hormone balance most of the time with men. Mm. They have a need Mm. to have sex. Mm. And I think more than women. Do you reckon? I I do. And honestly, it's ever since I've had this conversation so many times with Ben. He, like, and it makes sense. Guys... First of all, they wank way more than girls. I on on in general. Okay, a lot of girls touch themselves and that's totally fine. But yeah. men generally do it so much more daily. Yeah, I think they do. Daily. They yeah. have and they also get you know, a lot of them can be in pain if they don't ejaculate for mm-hmm. like a certain amount of time. Yeah. It's like a certain need. Yeah. You know, whereas women Oh, we get carried away we're like oh this that oh i haven't touched myself in like two months wow it's like, yes, like oh, that flew by. <laughs> oh, take out the dusty vibrator <laughs> i haven't seen you in a while <laughs> whereas men it's a routine for a lot of them and i had a heated discussion with ben and we were up for dinner the other night with our two friends and hey i know it's super annoying but i'm cutting this episode off here and there's a part two so if you want to keep listening to this amazing conversation that i'm having with my friend ella then go check out the episode right after this one i'm really sorry i know it's annoying but it's just gotten way too long so go check it out and listen to the rest of the juicy episode